Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Thursday. Gary, how are you? Well, the only word I can, the only phrase I can say, because it's actually two words, is, oh, really? Yeah. And that's sort of what I got from you in our pre-show meeting, looking at that story that came out in the Washington Post yesterday. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm reading it from the New York Post. Uh, and just uh, the culprit behind the leak of a trove of classified U.S. intelligence documents is reportedly a man who works on a military base had shared the sensitive information with a close-knit group of online pals on the chat platform Discord. The bombshell development was revealed in a Wednesday Washington Post report that partially relied on interviews with a teenager in the Discord group who claims to be friends with the leaker who goes only by OG. He's a smart person. He knew what he was doing when he posted those documents, of course, These weren't accidental leaks of any kind. The unnamed teen told the newspaper, which obtained permission from his mother to conduct an interview. He had to do his homework first, though. He's fit. He's strong. He's armed. He's trained. Just about everything you can expect out of some sort of crazy movie, the alleged friend of the leaker said, adding that his friend is in his early to mid-twenties. The teenager claims that OG steadily shared purportedly classified material with him and about two dozen other members of the private Discord group called Thug Shaker Central, in which OG was an administrator. Well, if, if, this, if this is true, the FBI knows who it is now. There's no doubt. There's no I, doubt. They I don't think know who they it is. were. I think they were probably on to this person, and the question becomes: All right, if it is accurate and true that this person is in his mid twenties, worked on a base, we could easily be looking at it. In my mind, we're looking at a an Edward Snowden kind of situation that they had clearance. They had access to it, or fell into it somehow. Came across it somehow, but it in their job. Well, here's the here's the reason I say is he not an Edward Snowden because he just shared it in that group. It's mm-hmm. not like 
he gave it to the Washington Post. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't mean in the behavior. I mean in the way that it was discovered at his job. Oh, okay. So right, he's right. just at work. He's not a guy who, it, according to this story, doesn't sound like he's a guy who was making decisions, was involved in any of these missions. Oh, He okay. had this right, information. Right, he could have right. been a data processor. He could have been someone, you know, uh, on a... Uh, who knows? A digital forensics team. Uh, there, there's so much that goes on right now in terms of of uh, how we counter the enemy and what the enemy is doing all the time. And most of it has to do. A lot of it has to do with uh, the internet. And it, it's everything from North Korea and and um, and ransomware to Iran and everything else. So, into the the point is in today's age. There are likely, I don't know, countless people in their mid-20s that are sitting at keyboards helping to figure out what the enemy might be doing and are part of those operations, but they're not a decision maker. And oh yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like they came across, uh, this person <clears throat> came across a, a trove, this group of a couple of dozen people on Discord includes not just the source of the story, in the Washington Post, but other underage boys, and and, and that's so it's they they range right. in age, and they they say that he's the elder, OG is the elder, meaning everybody else is essentially under twenty five years of age, which is just weird because yeah. the next question would be, uh, again, if this is true, I mean, you and I have the same. There are sometimes a story comes out. And it and it just doesn't pass the smell test. I'll say and, this, and and both you and I are going. What this? It, it sounds it sounds weird, but you have to keep. And this is where, because I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not, I'm not a gamer. On a gaming site, it is not unusual to see guys in their fifties and adolescent boys and girls that that play games so it it seems to me on the surface kind of weird that they would form this group but i'm assuming here that it was about really it was about you know the gaming the 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 the, the demographics in the in the gaming world which range in right who well, knows from four uh, years old well, all the way well up i know six i know that exists what what i look at is you know you just you here you've got a guy who's in his 20s works on a military base, has mm -hmm. access to extremely high classified information, yeah. unless he hacked in, but has access to it, and then goes back not to publicize it, to make it known to the entire world what's going on, but to share it with the teenagers in his online group that he's the administrator of it's that a, just that, it's to a me, bit it's of, just it's just what it's a bit of john wayne syndrome it looks like to yeah, me on the it, surface in other words he wants to be the big shot in the group. right he controlled the group he was the moderator of the group uh in the in the post in the washington post they tell the story and i got to be careful here because the new york post as you mentioned is is uh is doing a story off of the washington post the right, washington right. post original version of this story which had uh, I don't know. A couple hours ago, a few hours ago, when uh, it, when you when you go through it, um, they 
uh, it, it describes some of the the things like the the lingo, uh, the the Intel language, essentially, uh, and it appears that the person seems to be either familiar with the lingo or maybe just recently became familiar with the lingo. But um, so he was also at times, if he felt others in this group of a couple of dozen roughly on Discord weren't following along and paying attention, according to the source of the story, this underage kid, he would get angry. OJ would get angry that people weren't paying attention. They weren't keeping up. So that tells me he fell across, he, he came into something and, and quite possibly likely as a matter of the work that he did in the military. And then he uh, wanted to share that and be the big shot, the big man on campus in this, in this group, which was an invitation only group on Discord. 25, 25 group members, including several foreign citizens. Yeah. Uh, from Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. They and it says they prayed together, discussed right. video games, jokes, memes, and watched OG post purportedly transcribed material from secret government documents. So OG anointed the documents with explanations for intelligence terms such as no foreign, which means material must not be shared with foreign national nationals that he would bring home from his job. At an unnamed base, the report says, we are talking about some of the highest classified materials that exist in the United States. First off, the vetting process. Number two, the security protocol for this kind of top secret material. What the hell's going on if this is true? Because this is a complete breakdown of security, if this is true. From the Washington Post. In a video seen by the Post, the man, who the member said is OG, stands at a shooting range wearing safety glasses and ear coverings and holding a large rifle. He yells a series of racial and anti-Semitic slurs into the camera, then fires several rounds at a target. The, The member, the source of the story, the underage kid who is the source of the Washington Post story says it was like things in a movie. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is so impossible to believe anything after we have the whole SBF thing, after we have the whole Theranos thing in a world where so much is just driven in one direction without anybody going, whoa, 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 tap the brakes. Can we can we look behind the curtain? Is this real? So, you know, I I proceed with with caution. It's just for me it is a weird story and it might be true. But it is again, it's to be taken with a grain of salt. Now, here's the other side of that. In a world where Going back to Snowden, we learned that the NSA was monitoring uh, uh, phone data. Uh, They were monitoring pretty much everybody's uh, phone data. Uh, In a world, in a country, where the Department of Justice has shown to be 
weaponized repeatedly again. This this whole thing in terms of the possibilities of what is true, what isn't true, is for me on a roulette wheel. Completely. And I'm not placing any bets. Here's the the sentence, and, and I'm reading again, this is from the New York Post. Uh, our, they were just more succinct and put it in a page where it was multiple pages from the Washington Post. But they say... Um, According to the report, OG has been in contact with some members of the server as recently as in the past few days and is described as being distraught, unsure of how to go about solving the situation. The young friend, the one the Washington Post talked to, that they had to get their parents' permission, told the Washington Post that to date he has not, he has not been contacted by law enforcement and that he will not divulge the leaker's identity, the military base he supportedly works at, or his whereabouts to the authorities, all of which he claims to know. He doesn't have to. They they're on to him by now. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's, what I would say. They're, they're they're on, and and he it's, will. It's a matter of time. he will be with his parents. This isn't the this isn't um, uh, shoplifting. No, no, it is not. Uh, the I do believe that. Uh, uh, again, the the Washington Post knows who the friend is. You know, you're talking about you're the, you're talking about espionage. You know, that is you're saying they know who the Washington Post knows who OG is. No, knows who the young friend is. Oh, who the source of the story is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Course, and yeah. the and the source of the story says he knows who OG is. Which uh, you know, you you come to the thing of. You know, well, source but, stories but, out there and what the at, at this high level of top secret, I mean, this isn't a normal, this isn't even, well, I guess you could say it's sort of like the, it, you, you could call it the Pentagon Papers. He, in the Post, in the Washington Post, he knows who he is based on who he claims he is to the young person. So the question would be, is that accurate? Is that accurate and true? Is he saying this? Did he build a firewall for himself? There's no doubt he's operating on a virtual private network of VPN. I, on something like this, though, you can, you will be able to get warrants on everything. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. taps on yeah. everything. And well, I'm yeah, talking even yeah. on the, you know, the Washington Post may complain. Don't be surprised if there's taps on the Washington Post phones. Yeah. On everything. Yeah. No, it was likely known as they were getting this story because they're there they were likely I'm, I'm guessing intel was watching this the other individuals in that in that room because we know the what the room we know where the where the material was yeah exactly so then right. it's about finding all of them and even in a world of vpns eventually they're going to be at your door they're going to be able to find it yeah they'll be at the yeah but just mind-boggling just, it, it is it is insane <laughs> 86690 red eye. Cold weather takes a toll on trucks. As warmer weather rolls in, it's time to assess the impact winter has had on your vehicle before you find yourself stranded roadside this spring. If you're experiencing sluggish cranking, start your spring maintenance routine by having your electrical system tested by a professional technician. Your batteries, alternator, and starter have been working overtime to keep up with cold starts and thick oil during winter. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low voltage will lead to more damage and downtime later on. Big rigs are big investments. 
Take care of yours now to help avoid downtime later and keep rolling through to next winter. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that story if any developments come out of uh, that. Just a uh, just a bizarre story. Uh, also coming up, uh, the uh, inflation report uh, came out yesterday. And interestingly enough, uh, you, you, the stock market went up a little bit, but then went back down when they, we, they found the Fed minutes. It said that the bank crisis will cause a mild recession this year. It's like yeah, the wow. bank crisis. It's the bank, the crisis. bank crisis right, causing right, it. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that. I mean, I don't know what they are relating to, but we'll get to that and what the actual uh, numbers uh, are. Um, I like this. I like this. You have now uh, more people coming out and talking about it. Something that we've talked about for the longest time. You saw where San Francisco State University, where some of the students and the liberal transgender activist groups say Rowley Gaines is promoting violence, yeah, because right. she wishes to debate and and the this is really it's really amazing. I love this because you have to be on the offensive here because it makes them react, 
and when yeah. they re and when yeah. they react, you can see just how radical right. uh, they are. Basically, saying that her just bringing it up mm-hmm. is violence. Yes, and this whole thing that you know, it's, right? Remember, silence is silence, but right. so is talking. Yeah, talking is violence. Silence is violence. Whatever. And and uh, I, there was a spiked article, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. That talked about you know people start having to they we start we need to start pounding on the fact that this entire movement is based on misogyny. And I went, yes. Thank you. Who has been promoting that for, for, for years? I went, yes, 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 yes. Because this is something, again, that you and I have been on for the last decade. Oh, yeah. This isn't new here to yeah. this show. Yeah. We've been warning what was going to happen, and it all happened. I remember some of the first calls that we got, and it was a scenario out of California uh, one night that we were focused on. And it was about the restroom issue. Yeah. And then, you know, it was there was this back and forth. And some of the callers just seemed kind of surprised at where it was going. And that we, was where the girl was said to be a bigot. The little girl. Yes. yes. Little, yeah. Yeah. Little, your, your daughter is right. a bigot because right. a man came into the bathroom with her and she had a, an objection to that. And then, of course, it wasn't long after that. The editorial board of the Charlotte Observer, your daughter needs to get used to male genitalia. And this is on and on and on. And everybody was like, uh, there were a couple of, back then, what would be considered to be shocking moments along the way, things that were said that people went, oh, my gosh. You know, there's a few radicals out there. Well, no, it wasn't a few. And here we are now, Then they're wanting to teach it, and they're wanting to gain control over children and leave their parents out of it. Here it is, Spike.com uh, by Jenny Holland. The neo-Maoist mobbing of Raleigh Gaines. More mm. people need to speak out yeah. against the unhinged misogyny yeah. uh-huh. of transgenderism. Right. is out of the tube. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, I was thinking, I actually do that once in a while. Gary McNamara. So I was... I that was, makes one of us. <laughs> so I'm thinking yesterday yeah. as I'm uh, reading, and, and we had touched on it yesterday, and, and I just, uh, I will say this, that I didn't, I didn't realize the full impact of it yesterday when we were talking about the story because we were talking about other stories and just sort of mentioned the story that uh, uh, Biden, uh, Hunter Biden's business associates visited uh, uh, Joe in the White House when he was vice president 80 times. Yeah. yeah. And we mentioned that. And then I saw what's Nancy Mace, uh, yesterday, Representative Mace, uh, uh, on yesterday talking about it. And I went, oh. That's another reason Newsom's around. I think that in D.C., the Democrats right now, you know, that story coming out the other day, 
80 visits to the White House. Jill Biden didn't go to the White House that often back then. No, no, great point. But this thing, you can't, when, when you think of the, of, of, Look at look at Bragg's case against Trump right now. Mm. Every the reason that's completely out of the news is because there's no story there, right? There's no, <laughs> right nothing. What are you writing right. about? There's when, nothing there when you can't identify the crime, right? And and you people go, oh, you know, the left can't even defend it, right? And so that that dies immediately when you see everything on the Hunter Biden family, which everybody knows. Democrats have known this for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Inside, Democrats have known this thing was eventually going to blow up. They're not stupid. No. They understand that you cannot have this type of influence peddling because nobody is debating that influence peddling took place. It's just where were the laws broken? Right. And so just the influence peddling itself, <clears throat> that the Biden family enriched itself. And most people don't... <clears throat> You know, you you may have the politicians, the political hacks, come out and say, "Well, Joe Biden didn't really get rich; his family did." <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> to the people. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So you're sitting there. You know what favors? Because that's the thing. What favors did you give Russia? What favors did you give Ukraine? What favors did you give China in order to take these millions upon millions of dollars? But it is the not that he had every everybody. Everybody knew that Biden was lying. Every every Democrat knows Biden's lying. That he knew he knew so much about his son's businesses. Mm-hmm. And you know you had the you had the emails that existed. You had the voicemail. The voicemail came out. It was like okay, it's it's done. But the sheer volume of eighty different times Hunter's business associates visited the White House. Yeah, when Biden was vice president. That is so incredibly damning, and I think that that's why you see Newsom out there. They know they can't go with Kamala Harris. They know they can't go with Bernie Sanders. And so who's the best one, even if he does represent California? The best one is the <laughs> Pat Riley from the 80s Lakers <laughs> coach, uh, the Pat Riley lookalike. Mm-hmm. And he's young. He rhetorically uh, can speak. He, they believe he can lie, and that's what. Understand what the Democrats are looking for right now. They're looking for someone who can lie better than anybody else that's there. Kamala can't can't lie well. Uh, Bernie Sanders is going to be honest, and they know he can't win because he's going to be honest. <laughs> right. We have too much deodorant. <laughs> exactly. Too many choices of deodorant. That, that, the problem right now is they need, Bernie's going to be honest on his socialism. They can't have that. Kamala Harris can't lie good enough. Biden has all these things coming, so let's get the new fresh young guy to re- maybe phrase the lies in a different form and so he's the best hope. Not a great hope, but he's the best hope. But I do think that because of everything now coming out, because we've talked about everything that, you know, why Biden is weak and the the, the, prob, the probable cognitive problems. I saw Pete Ducey yesterday. There he is sitting there. And he said, look, and all the kids were around him. He goes, there's Hunter over there. He goes, now where you see I'm standing, this is how far away we are. We have to shout all the way across. Mm-hmm. Did you see the White House had to correct what Corrine Jean-Pierre said yesterday, too? The the unprecedented remark? 
The uh, no, not just that, but she had said that uh, that overall he has uh, held uh, he has uh, answered more questions, mm-hmm. and then it became questions and answered. I wasn't really sure what the point she was trying to make, but the White House had to correct the record as to what she said. But they didn't address directly the shouting. It was other comments that she made after mm-hmm. that. And I mean, it's just a, it's a complete disaster, and that's bad. But when you sit there, and and I didn't put it together yesterday. I mean, it was because we've done it so much. And when I saw uh, Nancy Mace talking about it yesterday, I went, oh, my God, 80 visits to the White House. You know, er, that just, we we all know now. And, and the volume of it, it wasn't one person, 80 different visits from Hunter's Business Associates to the White There's no reason for them to be at the White House. No. This is Hunter's business. No. Why? Because Joe was involved in it up to his neck. And yep. he's lying to the American public, and he's hiding it because he believes he did something wrong. Yeah. There's no other reason to hide it. Right. There's no other reason to lie about it. Well, I knew about his business dealings, but it had nothing to do with me. But I right. knew about the business deal. He can't do that now. And so uh, with that coming out, I don't know when they're going to allow him to speak. And the mockery on social media yesterday Oh, okay. Uh, Biden's doing uh, interviews with the Easter Bunny, Al Roker, and now children. Yeah. In Ireland. And he's not sure what he's doing. And Hunter is, and then Hunter being there as this all's coming, uh, all is coming out. I mean, the imagery could not be worse. And again, I go back to Obama stating, don't ever underestimate, don't ever underestimate, let me say it again, mm. uh, Biden's ability to F things up. Yeah. Because it's just. And it really, really is really bad right now. We, it should be corrected to F everything up. Yeah. I don't know of anything he's <clears throat> handled well. You, you can't argue. You know, it's sort of like in the whole Tennessee thing. The Tennessee thing has died down with the rhetoric because, you know, you have the Republican Party and conservatives. National Review did a thing on it. Democrats stopped lying about, you know, the Tennessee House. Uh, you know, they, they were expelled. And by the way, both are back in now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't really a big thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. They're both back in. Uh, but they were expelled not because they were trying to promote democracy, but they were trying to stop democracy. Yeah. And so everything, and it's like the lie, and we'll get to that article coming up, but that was the big lie. The big lie has got nothing to do with democracy. They were attempting to stop the process of democracy that's why they were expelled Mm -hmm. that's simple right and so they can't win that argument so they drop it when the charges came out with Bragg, they can't win the argument they drop it right you see nobody defending biden right nobody they're not now they can't with this coming out because even was why are they going after hunter hunter's got nothing to do he's not the president just ignoring the fact well no Hunter's the conduit to the president. Well, this is something that I've I've wondered all along, and it, it is how long before they all just step aside. Because the liberal media, they've been turned down repeatedly. And so, and then liberals in the party, you know, you've got basically Newsom hovering like a hawk. And all of this is... Indicative of something I've, I've wondered, and that is how long before they just step aside and let things play out naturally. Because the Hunter thing is not going away. And the liberals don't. The majority of his party 
does not want him. So why not just let the chips fall? Yeah. Let it happen. Right. Now, and I, and I think th- I think that's where they are now. It's not just that, you know, because I do believe his family and people close to him are worried that he can't make it through the campaign. The, but I think the the slam dunk uh, hammer in the political coffin is the fact of, my God, you know, how far did this corruption go? We cannot go into this. You know, cor- as we said, there's two things that the public won't accept, or at least up to this point. One uh, is politicians who don't pay their taxes, and number two, influence peddling. Well, you know, the, one of the it, one of the interesting things that happened this week is Colbert. Yeah. Uh, and and this is somebody who is a devout liberal. And after the whole Easter egg, Easter bunny, Al Roker thing, you know, he just basically let it out, uh, issuing concerns about the mental well-being of the president. And that is something, and while they try and do that and, and disguise it under humor, there is no clear what the, there is no uh, question what the message is, and and it is very clear from pretty much everybody. I don't know anybody right now that is stepping in front of anything for Biden. Again, it's not that the liberal media doesn't go out and say, "Hey, look, things are great in the economy." Look, blah 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 blah. But they're not including Joe. Agenda items they're on. Biden. He's not so much the point anymore. And he was. And the problem is, is that you're not going to get any kind of real. I mean, if you look just the brag thing, what was the coverage really on? The coverage was on the procedural items in what's going on with Bragg. Once they got to the courtroom, it was like everybody was like, look, what? These aren't indictments. What What is this? Oh, and everybody just quietly yeah. walked away. And as you pointed out, we, we were talking about it the following day. It was like, where's the where's any chatter about this at all? The noise had just gone away about that whole thing because there was nothing there. And I think when you look at it right now, because you have to include that in, in what's going on you know, with, with 24, there's no doubt. Um, but now it's, I think the party's wondering, look, if uh, if Trump doesn't get the nomination, then there's a decent chance DeSantis would. Biden can't beat DeSantis. He might be able to beat a wounded Trump if Trump is indeed wounded from everything that's going on, the cases that are, uh, the Bragg case is, I don't think, going to wound him. Uh, anything else? I mean, I'm again, I'm, I'm. this is the non-logic of the left and the party and how they see it. But they clearly know that the majority of their party, they don't want Biden to run. So what are the, what are the ins and outs here? Well, do you go full on, all right, we're going to, Challenge him in the primary with somebody real. I mean, the governor of New- the governor of of uh, California. That would be a real primary 
challenger for Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I really don't think a primary, in, in my gut, I don't know why, but in my gut, this isn't a prediction, but my gut says Biden is not going to run. No, I, I think I think ultimately, by the time we get, because honestly, forget about fall of 24 being a long time away. August of this year is a long time away when you look at everything yep. against Biden. Yep. An entire summer of things falling out on the Hunter Biden thing, the economy, and everything else. Can you see the ads? Biden enriching his family, his fa- enriching his family by taking Chinese money. What did he do in return for the Chinese? Right, over and over again. And some Russian of, interest and yeah. Russian interest, China interest, and you run those ads day in and day out. Somebody the people- on the left uh, was it over the weekend? I think it was over the weekend. Made the point he'll be eighty four when he starts his second term, and it was like, whoa. We're going after the age thing. Then Colbert's going after the, you know, uh, uh, whether he's mentally fit. Well, going after Diane Feinstein now and the age. Yeah, thing. no, they're saying you know I think she I, can't I, serve. She needs yeah. to be out. And 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 I think that that's going to be. And remember when you brought it up a year ago, you had the same people who are now saying she's got to go, screaming right. that it was all about ageism. Right. Exactly. And now they've changed their mind. Right. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. The inflation numbers, the fact that the Fed, through their minutes, expects the banking crisis to cause a recession this year. Uh, I would like to hear the specifics of their reasoning for that. Yeah. I really yeah. would. Uh, plus, uh, we will get, uh, did I say Bud Light? Did I use, the, did I say Bud Light yet? I don't we, we, we got to talk so. Bud Light. Yeah, yeah. How about Bud Light Line? Are they taking a hit? Do they still make the Bud Light Line? I think they do. I, I don't know. I haven't bought alcohol in a long time, but <laughs> I'm guessing they do. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, like you should, in middle of the night. Like you better be. Like you better be. Uh, Interesting, looking at the New York Post, uh, there are four stories yesterday really based on the Siena Poll survey about how many people want to leave New York. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
uh, and they call it Escape from New York. <laughs> yeah. New Yorkers are so worried about crime, skyrocket, uh, sky-high housing costs, and struggling schools. 27% of state residents said they want to move away in the next five years. 30% of respondents said they want to leave at some point. Uh, they cited inept political leadership and soaring taxes. Uh, you also had uh, nearly a third, 31%, plan to leave New York when they retire, while even more said they believe it's not safe for kids. And there's a number of stories written on this in the New York Post uh, uh, yesterday. Mm. I love this headline. Progressive's years-long campaign to get New Yorkers to leave New York State is working. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's interesting because you touched on something, uh, the the fact that they asked the question, do you believe it's safe for kids? And uh, and you have a significant portion of them saying it's it's not. There was a celebrity, uh, I want to say it was, uh, I don't know, sometime during COVID. So it was last year, year and a half, uh, two years that was talking about, and it was during the rise in crime, so I think it was probably um, closer to the last year or so. They were talking about how they don't, you know, they've changed everything that they do in New York. They don't, uh, when they're there, and they don't want their kids to be there anymore. They, One of the things that we see from cities like San Francisco, New York City, and other major blue areas, uh, Portland, Chicago, Chicago, the home of the 2024 Democratic (laughs) National Convention will help promote it. And all of these areas where crime is on the rise, that's a key element there because not everybody can afford to get up and leave. But one great motivator for parents is kids and when if you feel like your kids are not safe oh i saw a comedian somebody he said you know somebody and he's a he was born and raised now he's not leaving he did say that during this interview but he said i I, my mom called and she wanted to go somewhere with my daughter and i was like well hold on a second wait i'll go because i feel like i need to be with them and help protect them you know that instinct is ever present with with good parents and they it it will drive you to do things that you think are impossible but if you believe your kids are in danger if you believe for whatever reason that they are not going to have the proper life there then you're going to have to get up and go and i would like to see too on another category there uh those planning to leave when they retire now for the longest time uh they would we've talked about i-95 there's kind of a joke that's been going on for decades about i-95 basically being uh the highway from new york to to retirement (laughs) florida and i would like to see in that demographic of retirees people who are retiring in new york how much greater is it or is it at a greater level now, uh, and I think we could probably go back 
let's go back 24 months and see how many people in that demographic are leaving this, whether they're going to Florida or anywhere else, are leaving the state as opposed to typically how retirement or how retired people leave the state of New York. I would I would love to see those numbers because I have to believe it's greater. When your taxes and your cost of living are going through the roof and then you're on at all of a sudden you're on a fixed income. You got to go. I saw the story that uh in the uh in from I thought I I printed the story up uh that in uh, from 20 to 2023 2 million people have left the biggest cities. Yeah. Two million people yeah. have left and, and got, there it is, uh, from the Hill.com. Two million people fled America's big cities from 2020 to 2022. Oh, okay, just two years. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, only a fresh influx of immigrants, illegal immigrants, saved big cities from even more dramatic population declines. Uh, this is done by the Brookings Institute, which is actually a more of a Democrat uh, uh, think tank. But they're just going through all the number of people that uh, that uh, moves talk, move talking about the offices that are empty. That's that is, something that, that we... is becoming it's becoming ghost towns almost. Yeah. You know, I was I was uh, uh, you know I lived in Portland. And I love Portland. I lived in the city of Portland. I lived uh, I lived in uh, not actually downtown though. Uh, you go up, uh, anybody from Portland knows you go up, uh, the, 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 uh, city buttresses right up against, um, what is it? We called it, I called it Sylvan Hill, but Burnside goes right through and then it stopped it. There's city and then it's forced. I mean, it's like, it's boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a direct thing. You see city buildings, everything else, boom, forced. And it goes up over the hill and comes back down. I lived on the other side and, uh, of that hill, but I was still, uh, in the city of Portland. Uh, but I was away from downtown and, um, but, uh, I've been going on YouTube and looking for everything I can find about Portland, what's really going on and the number of activists, you know, there's groups there that I saw one guy from a group, you know, the whole, their whole group is, we need to say Portland. They said, you know, it used to be Portland's weird. Now Portland's insane. You know, weird was one thing, unique, whatever he said, but it's mm-hmm. just gone. It's just gone nuts. And they talked to one drug counselor who just said, you, what you have to understand is there's people that want it this way. It's something that you yeah. and I talked about yeah. because we said it was obvious it was only going to go in this direction. Right. That defunding the police, everything that they're doing, uh, for example, in Portland, can only end up that this was the logical conclusion. We saw it. Right. Everybody, anybody who had any type of critical thinking skills saw it. And so we have stated before, huh, they must want it. And this drug counselor said they wanted. He said they Multnomah County there actually puts up vacant tents so the homeless have a place to go. Mm-hmm. It's not the homeless getting tents or the homeless there, and they say, hey, come on over here, we'll give you a tent. They put up vacant tents so the homeless will be drawn there. They talked about they talked to people that are coming in from different cities. These cities with their homeless saying, Hey, you want to go to Portland? Free drugs? free housing, you know, free tents, and people are, you know, jumping on the buses or sending them to Portland because drugs are legal and everything else. And now the whole thing about, you know, uh, decriminalizing small amounts of every type of drug. Right. Now everybody right. is right. having 
second thoughts on that. But understand, the city of Portland voted for that in a referendum. Yes. And, you know, that was pointed out. It was like they voted the, for it in a referendum. It's a choice. So this it's a choice. Portland chose to be this way. Yep. And now they're like, well, what the hell's going on? Well, what are you, idiots? You just, do you sit there in a vacuum and just say, oh, let's do this and not think about the consequences that may come? And then then there was one cop who goes around and talks about, you know, basically he's got the Narcon with him constantly. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And then he was called to another one, didn't have any, but luckily when they were there, the paramedics did. And they talked to one guy who's in a business that actually gets rid of graffiti. Right, and they started, right. to, and there was a woman from British Columbia. This might have been a couple of years ago, or in the last year, that was uh, also doing the same thing, decriminalizing drugs. This guy comes up to the car and he goes, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" Yeah, you well, can't do this. This is what uh, happens, and it's like this is what the city of Portland wanted. They voted for it. That's well, that's it. And you know, it's interesting. Recently, and we haven't talked about it much, but the the move. Uh, to make Narcan now over-the-counter, which soon it will be available over-the-counter. We're at a point now in these major cities. And I, I, you know, my question would be, well, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, Is anybody going to be, have the mindset, have the forethought to keep Narcan around, Narcan, Narcan, around uh just as a matter of practice or do they think they're never going to overdose they're never going to be in that situation i know police officers and first responders know how important it is to have it but my point is is that we go through life as if there are no consequences our society is becoming this oh we can do this and we can have this and we don't need police officers and we don't need that and believe that there won't be a fallout well it was like portland state another story out yesterday portland state disarmed all their college police officers in 2020 now they're rearming all of them yeah it's like what the hell do you think what 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 are you thinking i mean are these people and and these are people in high positions people elect them to office well, and 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 they're you know they're appointed. I mean, these are so-called professionals, people of the world who live in this delusional world that there are no consequences to policy. Well, and you know, during the whole Chad thing, oh yeah, it, it create their safe space. Oh, it wasn't safe, and that was the one thing. It was like this isn't just happening. This is policy. All of this, this is, is this, this is, is policy. This and requires a number of people to make this decision. Whether it's a referendum and the locals vote on it, or it's the mayor and the city council, they make these decisions. This is all by choice. It is fixable. But how dare you? You know, we talk about Michael Schellenberger, and, uh, you know, not only uh, was he part of the Twitter files, but uh, also uh, on the um, uh, on global warm, you know, on the whole global warming thing where, mm. remember, people forget he's a liberal now. Right. And, yeah. But uh, you, you know him on freedom of speech, on the whole global warming thing. He believes man is causing it, but he believes, like Bjorn Lumberg does, 
that everything the left is doing is absolutely wrong. I mean, it's completely mm. wrong what they're doing. Mm. He also is a homeless activist in the Northwest. Yeah. And yeah. He's, we, we talked right. about this right. a little bit. And, and he's saying, we, you just can't do it. You have, you can't, he said, what they're doing, and this is now the mindset, what they're doing is they're basically letting people die horrible deaths. That's the yeah. policy now of these cities of, of allowing, uh, this drug use and then, they're enabling them to die is what they're doing. He goes, this is no way to run a society. The whole goal should be to get these people out and be productive members of society. But the left has abandoned that. It's no, whatever you want to do. If you want to do drugs, you ought to be able to do drugs. And the public ought to support your habit. Yeah. And by the way, it all started with what? The free needles. Yeah. Remember, we said where it was going. We said where it was going to lead. Right. No, no, no. This is just to make sure the people don't die. No, it's not going to end there. No, there isn't anything. I, I realized I'm not smarter than anybody else. I've just realized I'm older and I've been around longer and no, seen that's, no, that's every, it. everything yeah. from the the very very beginning where it right. was like there's no slippery slope here. There's no no. There's going to be a slippery slope and now. I've been a talk show host long enough to see everything that the left denied was going to be a slippery slope end up in a slippery slope. And everything. Yeah. Every single damn thing. It's the it's the T-shirt that I keep seeing advertisements for for I don't know why, I don't know what reason, and it says, I'm an old man. I've seen things. Yeah. But that's the idea, though. I mean, you look, you look at this, and it – one of the interest, most interesting TV shows over the years – was A&E's intervention. Yeah. One of the most confounding things to watch were, were families or a family member in a situation where they would just not do the intervention and they would rather give their loved one, their family member who was having a problem, the drugs. Enabled them. And yeah. they gave them a place to stay, gave them money. And this is, these are public service enablers to the nth degree. You're not solving a problem at all. What you're doing it, what you're doing here is you're creating a bigger problem and imposing it on the rest of society and saying that there's not a problem here. We're taking care of it. This is a solution. It's not a solution at all. Over and over again, it's been policy that drives it to a greater level until what happens. I'm convinced it's not going to be reversed in our lifetime in cities like Portland. You're not going to see that. What would it need? Think about what you would need to do to reverse Everything that's destroying these cities, the first thing you need to do is change the demographics uh, and in terms of how people vote. That's not happening. Not gonna happen. 86690-RED-EYE. Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. 
nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay-per-mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting because it's something we've talked about uh, this week a lot about what's going on in these uh, these cities and uh, how many people are leaving and what is to become of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the uh, I was reading the uh, the uh, headline uh, from the, uh, the Free Beacon that said, Chicago is the perfect site to highlight Democrats' vision. Joe Biden couldn't have picked a better location to showcase his vision for America's future, Chicago. No, we said when when they chose it and we came in that night and said, perfect, perfect. There's going to be so much focus now on that. And Chicago will be, you know, they'll use it as the poster city when the media is looking at that saying, you know, look at the crime rate and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to happen. And, and so we, it, it's just, we, uh, there's been so many stories over the last couple of weeks. And we just shake our heads saying, can these cities be saved? And you brought up a great point. You'd have to change the demographic to make people reject the Democratic Party in the big cities. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. In fact, they're worse now, the mindset, than they've been on average over the last 10 years. Exactly. Way worse. Right. U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like y'all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions.
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And it's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Just reading John Stossel from Reason Magazine. The media and the politicians keep trying to censor things that turn out to be true. I was watching part of the interview that uh, Elon Musk was doing the other day. Yeah. The right. one, uh and and I, they were he, you know, the uh, interviewer was talking about, well, but the whole goal. I mean, you're talking free speech, but isn't misinformation bad? Well, yeah, misinformation can be bad, but who gets to who gets to adjudicate that? Right. Who gets to decide? And the reporter really didn't have an answer. My answer would have been different up front. This whole thing, the free speech. Uh, must submit to misinformation was based on basically two stories. Hunter Biden laptop story, COVID lab leak theory. Yeah. The two biggest misinformation stories, which was to justify why free speech should be secondary to misinformation... Because we must ban and censor misinformation ended up being information and not misinformation. So, Elon, answer the question better. Yeah. The, well, the, 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 the thing is, and we see it, you see it in the liberal transgender activist movement. That's another uh, a, a key place. Look, the most misinformation right now in the United States is coming from where? The left. The left. On every major issue. is coming from the administration on every single issue. And, the, and the, that bo- includes, uh, yeah, and, and also the liberal media. Yeah. The border is secure. Right. Well, that should have been censored. It's not true. We all know that's not true. Inflation is going down. That should have been censored. Mm-hmm. It's not going down. By the way, I saw it the other day. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yesterday I saw it. It was like, wow, they wrote it correctly. Inflation only showed a 5% increase. What? All right. There you yes. go. Yes. And they used the word increase. Right. And, 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 and pointing out that, look, prices are still going up twice what the, what, what the Fed wants it to go up. And core inflation is even worse, as we, uh, we, we know. And so there's a concern. Mm. On, uh, on on that, but they brought that out, and that's just being honest. That's not being political. That's just stating what it is. And, you know, the, the entire thing that we can run, the entire grid on solar and wind, anybody who promotes that should be censored for disinformation. Correct? Misinformation, yes. disinformation, however you, however you want to call it. But all the major stories that the left has used to justify the fact 
that the First Amendment is too strong and it should submit to the will of those who wish to get rid of disinformation, the major stories that started all of this and was the momentum on it, what they called disinformation was actually false. It was, wasn't disinformation. I just find that interesting, and that should be brought up. The other thing that should be brought up a lot, I'm just random, what is it? We're Thursday. Thursday random thoughts. Red-eye random thoughts. Okay. The other thing is when we were talking about uh, 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 before what's going on in the cities and everything else and just all the issues out there, I really think that uh, uh, some PAC or the Republicans should really come out with something and and uh, uh, an, an ad that said, look, Republicans are far from being perfect, but Democrats are insane. Or conservatism. You know, consider conservatism because liberalism is insane. And you go through everything right now that's insane with it. Defund the police. Who, who, who couldn't imagine? Only a liberal could imagine that there are no consequences to it. There are so many. I, and I guess this is me sitting around yesterday just with my head going, I can't do anything because the head cold's still there. And I just sat on the couch yesterday and I'm going through, you know, different YouTube videos, uh, you know, political YouTube videos. And I'm just, it always gets back to me if you've listened. And I, I know I obsess with this, but I think it's so important. And maybe it's because it's what we do for a living. Messaging is critical. Messaging is absolutely critical for the Republican Party. And I know I harp on it a lot, but I think it's worth harping on because it is the reason that the Republican Party doesn't dominate in elections right now. If you message correctly, there's no way Democrats can win. And it's so easy to do so. And I don't know why it gets to be frustrating because it's almost as every single day, uh, you know, victory is within reach and the Republicans choose defeat. And it's not the fact that the people don't agree with them on the issue. It's the way that they explain it. Or don't. And that's the... Or don't explain it, yes. That's the... That's a great point. It's a problem that has been, well, a problem with the Republican Party forever, it seems. And I don't know how you change that. I know that they look at certain dynamics... And, and they get into the different voting precincts and everything uh, heading up to an election. And they have tactics that they use to get people motivated. To truly change hearts and minds, you don't just have to point anymore at the opposition. Uh, that's a big part of it. The heavy lifting is done for you in that part of it. But you have to answer the question, why you? Because that's what the voter is asking. All right, yeah, no, you're right. They are bat soup crazy. But what about you? And over and over again, you have to demonstrate. We've walked through it over the years, uh, demonstrating the expansion of wealth, demonstrating policies, if, if implemented, Um, ideas if implemented as policies, how it benefits other people. The Democrats have have laid out the free stuff to the nth degree over and over and over again, 
And now they're just full on doing things that I look at and you and I talked about and said, if you're sitting in a room filled with the best political minds ever, alive or dead, and they're in that room, you look at their playbook right now and you're saying, burn it, burn it all, don't tell, don't repeat anything of these ideas that you're promoting here in this room. Do not let any of that leave this room because that's insanity. You mean with the Democrats? With the Democratic Party. And that is mind-boggling how they still win elections because what they do is they build in the hearts and minds of individuals that hatred. It is their firewall. They built it. They built it for one guy, Donald Trump, over and over again. Now, remember, they loved him until the point he decided to run for office as a Republican. And now they have. That's the thing that people don't remember. Maybe a lot of young people don't remember it because in the 80s and 90s. And I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting it's 2023. Yeah. So if you're maybe 25 years old. Or 30 mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. you know, you were young. You had no idea how the liberals were. Ab- Trump would promote the exact same things that he promotes today. Yep. And the liberals would swoon over him. You've got to run for president. You right. have to run for president. Yep. You have to run for president. Yep. It's really amazing to see over that period of time. And like I said, maybe that maybe that should be my uh, my slogan now. I'm not smart. I'm just old where I remember things that happened 30 years ago. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm old enough to remember these things. And, and those are, you know, you look at it and and not one charge of racism, nothing. And then all of a sudden he's running as a Republican and he is the most vile person. Bill Maher. And also keep in mind, we also remember this from Bill Maher when Bill Maher is talking about how crazy the left is these days. Bill Maher saying, well, no, look, we called Bush Hitler, but this guy really is Hitler. Based on what? Right. Based on what? And these are over and over again. These are the items that win the Democrats elections. Enough hatred for one guy. Enough hatred for a party. And you don't get there without that kind of, and and then of course this promise, this dangling carrot of an eternal promise that we're going to take care of you, man. We're going to pay off your student loans. We're going to get you health care. And don't worry, if you're wealthy, and your deposit there in Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, is at risk. We'll make sure that it's not. We'll take care of you. We got you. Big, small, doesn't matter. We got all kinds of government money, and we'll fund this all day. And by the way, also, we want your children. Because you have no place in their classroom. You have no place deciding whether or not they should have genital mutilation surgery. For children, right. So that's all we ask is your firstborn and your secondborn. 
or, and any other right. borns you have. And, and and by the way, we we've gone after this from the very for for years. We've gone after this. I mean, even though that's a recent phenomenon, but we went after the liberal transgender activist movement a decade ago and said where it was going to lead. And we went, where are the Republicans on it? You have to have foresight to understand where liberalism is going. And you have to pound on it consistently. Mm-hmm. You have to repeat it. One of the reasons you're talking about the Democrat success is you repeat the same lie over and over and over again, and people yep. believe the lie. Yep. Well, if you repeat the same truth over and over again and can verify it, that's even stronger if you do it. But for some reason, I don't know what it is. Republicans believe they can say something once. Everybody's got the message, and you don't have to repeat and they, it. And then leave. Right. You have to sell everything Everything is marketing. You market all ideas are marketed, and they're marketed well through repetition. And repetition, because repetition can sell lies, but repetition, that's the truth that you can verify and you can put into context to prove to people this is the truth. That's even more effective. For some reason, I don't know what it is, the Republican Party just has never, with all the billions that they have ads should be running right now ads should always be running from that's one thing i would say if i was a political consultant you always should be running major ads about what the other party is doing especially when they're insane i think those ads should yeah. be constant i i would like to think i don't think this but i would like to think <laughs> it's on my wish list of how i would like to think that the republicans and the the true conservatives within the party believe people think like they do. In other words, and we know the Democrats believe everybody thinks like they do. But I would like to think that those on the right believe people think like they do and have the critical thinking to figure this all out. And that's why they don't carry on with the message. Now, ask me if I really think, actually already answered the question no i don't think that there might be a few that say well look you know uh we live in a free society people are free to make mistakes but that's very different you've got to sell it you've got to change hearts and minds for the long run well you and i've stated it that you understand that when you do it every single day you realize it at at times Boy, I'm being repetitious, but you're being repetitious because the other side is repeating the same lie every single day, and there's only one way to respond, and that's with the truth again and again and again and again because they keep repeating the lie. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. That's a part of winning hearts and minds. That's a part of the debate process, and if the debate every day is going to be the same on the issues, a biological man can be a biological woman because they say so. And if you don't agree, if you don't agree with that, then you promote violence. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to attack that every single day and not only atta- de- de- defend your viewpoint, but attack them for the misogyny that they are promoting on a consistent basis. You can't just be on the defensive. You have to attack. Yep. That's what you do in debating. 866 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. 
coming up, I have a perfect example of a story that was out yesterday, how the Republicans should be attacking this, but they won't take it to the fullest extent that they need to take it. And it's something mm. that you and I talked about here uh, in the last three weeks about identity politics and where it began, that it actually began against black conservatives, right. that the racism yeah. of identity politics, which you see in critical race theory, which is all whites because of the culture, are, you know, it, the racism is almost in their DNA because of the culture. Therefore, we must set up society as if all whites are racist. Remember, the identity politics and that all began by attacking black conservatives. Mm. So we'll get to that coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Sorry if I sound rushed, but uh, I just came from the printer. I was printing a couple of stories there. And and, and to be clear, the planet Earth. Uh, yes, yes, the planet Earth. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, uh, I, I was uh, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, we're talking about messaging for the Republican Party, which on all the different issues out there. And, you know, we, you look at all the issues right now and where the Democrats stand. And basically, they're insane. You know, we, we go back to, uh, what's her name, running for the Senate in uh, Missouri back a few years ago. Yeah. Claire McCaskill. Yes, Claire McCaskill running and said, I'm not one of those crazy Democrats. You know, the commercial that you yeah, guys she, talking. She's not of one actors, right. basically. She's, she's not one of those crazy Democrats. She's not one of those crazy Democrats. And, and the, the fact is that's been known, that the policies that they, that's why she did it. She's a Democrat. She was hearing that. Right. That's what she heard. They saw that in the focus groups. And they, they phrased right. it that way for a reason. And, and, as we, and as we've always said, the Republicans should use that. And, you know, I don't know how you use it, but the thought that com- comes to my mind, and I brought it up, Last hour. Look, the Republicans are by no means perfect, but the Democrats are insane. I can hear two people talking like that in a commercial. The Democrats are insane and then go through just in a minute. That's a great, that's that's a great idea. In in, in a minute commercial, you go through with the two people talking in the ad. You know why? And you go through the liberal transgender activist movement, the fact that they claim the border is secure and we all know that it isn't. Why are they lying like this? It's just ridiculous. Two guys talking back and forth on it you know they talk about the fact look uh, i want a clean planet but the democrats and the president say you can run the, the the entire grid on solar and wind we know that's impossible why would you destroy our uh, our national security our economy our our uh, economic security and our energy security these things don't make any sense that's what you do uh the other thing is that you should hit on uh, and we've, of course, we've talked about the liberal transgender activist movement, but identity politics. And there was another, there's another opportunity that came out yesterday. And this is, uh, because, uh, the House Minority Leader, um, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the story came out that he likened Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, former Secretary of State Colin Powell, and other prominent black conservatives to House Negroes in a student newspaper. That's a quote, by the way. 
in a student newspaper editorial about the rise of black conservatives. This was back in 1992. And the reason I that hit me yesterday is we just talked a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I don't know this. I, I don't like this theme that's that I only have myself to blame. This theme that, look, I'm not that smart. I'm just old. I remember all this stuff. I was there yeah. for it. And I remember when I first became a talk show host in 89. And by the time you got to 92, 93, I gave the reference a couple of weeks ago that it was the black conservative talk shows and the talk show host that were just eviscerated as not really being black or house Negroes or Uncle Toms or whatever. You know, that was the, the, right. the and I said, how racist was that? I said, that would understand that the beginning of identity politics, modern identity politics, was racist against blacks. And what we forget is that has continued since then that all blacks must think alike. And if you're not, you're not, you know, you, you are one of those labels that they will throw at you. One of those incredibly racist labels because all black people must think alike. That delves or dovetails right into critical race theory, which is if all blacks must think alike, then all whites think alike too, which is the basis of critical race theory. All whites are racist because the culture of racism was so great that they can never get rid of it. It's almost like it's in their DNA. And so society must be formed around the fact that all blacks will be victims because all whites will be racist. Well, what an, what an incredibly racist philosophy to have. Now, the Republicans are attacking Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader, for being racist on all of this by bringing this up. But that's what you need. That's what they need to talk about, the identity politics. And it's very simple to under to understand. It's simply you judge people by groups and not individuals, which is not what we're about in America. And I think most people would understand that and agree with you on that. You have that you will win in the polls on that one. But you need to bring up and you need to say the minority leader of the Democrats is a radical racist. See, I like that. Add another R to it. A radical racist. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got to come up with new terms. Yeah. You've got to come up with fresh new right, terms right. because racism is viewed as a radical concept today. Right. And you can take that and say identity politics, which is judging people by groups, because then you can jump off from, from that of, you know, here's what Hakeem Jeffries believed then. Colin Powell... A house Negro? Really? Uh, uh, really? Uh, mm. uh, uh, you've got, uh, uh, let me see, Clarence Thomas. Who else did he have in there? Uh, there there probably were more, but those are the two that, that I see here at the beginning of this particular uh, uh, article. And it's like, no, because they expect that all blacks must think alike, that blacks don't have the ability This is what they think. Blacks don't have the ability. And remember, this is pushed by the white elite liberal, too, that blacks don't have the ability to be autonomous and have their the ability to think on their own. They can only think one way. There's only one way for blacks to think. And then it moves on to critical race theory, where all whites also think alike, too, which is completely and totally a lie. It's completely false. But it's a way that you can bring the identity politics and then talk about what identity politics is which is politics is which is judging people by groups and not as individuals and you win that argument every single time you cannot lose that argument with the american people right now 
And I and that's a perfect example of taking something that was in the news yesterday and the broad concept of identity politics. And then you jump from there to say, remember, the Democrats have institutionalized identity politics, which now has become their new what they call anti-racist mm. training that they wish you to have. But the anti-racist training is all based on identity politics, which is judging people by groups. So understand that they're redefining words and phrases to make it seem like their immoral thought process of racism and judging people and stereotyping people, that that is actually anti-racism when, in fact, it's racism. Right. I dare, yeah. any, I dare any liberal to argue the point, or as we say, tell me where I'm wrong. Well, because and they can't. The, the, and, and this is what it comes down to. Uh, what's his name from ESPN the other day? Saying. Stephen Smith, yeah. Stephen Smith saying, look, in all my dealings with Donald Trump, I never detected racism. When people are being intellectually honest, you can say, uh, I don't care for the guy, or I don't like the way he behaves, or. I don't like this and that. The problem is, or, is they want... Or stop complimenting Newsom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it, because here's the other thing. We, we talk about in terms of the, the battle between what the far left and, and the, uh, the, the radical far left transgender activists were pushing in Florida and they thought they were taking on a Republican governor and his party. They were taking on the parents mm -hmm. in San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle writing about in the wake of Bob Lee and his his murder and in the wake of uh, the uh, Amazon and uh, their Whole Foods store, uh, their flagship store shutting down. Oh, the crime's not that bad. And then, of course, posting numbers that were not true, according to the San Francisco, San Francisco Police Officers Association. They thought they were, the Chronicle thought they were uh, battling the right, battling Fox News. And the fact of the matter is, is that they're trying to paint a different picture than what the people of San Francisco already know. Well, this is what, this is true also with things like racism. And you and I have talked about it, but we go about our lives every single day. I live in... Uh, a vastly diverse area. Most major metro areas are. I live in a vastly diverse area. I never paid attention to it until, uh, what's his name, Howard? Um, Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from Starbucks. From Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Remember when they were passing out and. Do you know your neighbors? Right. And, the, all that. and yeah. he, was, he, goes, uh, he, was, he was saying, I bet you people don't know the colors of the skin of their neighbors. And I went, I don't because I don't care. Well, who would? What, and that's you, the way you're supposed to. And, yeah. and so, so I actually one day. Does he have a list of his neighbors and then exactly. their skin color next to their name? And, and so because I mean, that would be, to me, that sounds racist. So actually one day I'm sitting there going, okay, let me look at my. Everybody's out on a Saturday doing their lawns. I'm out and everybody, I'm like, okay, let me see. I went through and I go, oh my gosh. I'm the minority on the street. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew it. I didn't care. Well, you know, one thing about. Uh, I live being in a very diverse Force, neighborhood, very diverse. Being an, uh, an Air Force brat, uh, we often lived on an Air Force base, and there were people from all walks of life and all backgrounds 
uh, because they're my friends and the, their friends um, or their parents, uh, they were from different parts of the country and their parents were stationed at the same ba- base my dad was. And we became friends. I grew up uh, uh, for many years in South Texas, a, uh, a huge uh, Latino uh, population. And when I moved to North Texas and graduated high school, I graduated from a predominantly black high school. But we didn't, th- this, that wasn't how you behaved. It wasn't, you didn't go in your mind like a Howard Schultz and say, well, I'm going to write down all my friends and then, and all the people I know or live near me. And then next to that, I'm going to put their skin color. Oh my gosh, that is racist. Why would you, why in your mind would you do that? My, you know, here's the thing. Everybody, uh, you, you think about your neighborhood um, and your neighbors. And, and when there's something going on with a neighbor, everybody comes out. Like if an ambulance comes to your mm-hmm. block, you know, within a few doors of your house. Uh, and it's happened uh, to me a number of times. And, and my neighbor who who passed away recently uh, it, it, there was often a, an ambulance. It was, it was, became a regular occurrence and it was, and it was just, it, it was frightening for us because you know, what's going on. Um, we were all concerned, but we're all out there and, and we want, we'd like to know what's, Hey, is everybody okay? And, and everything else. And, and that's how neighbors, true neighbors work. And it, I don't care who they are, who, what their background is. I don't care how they vote. I have one neighbor that I've known for, I've lived across the street from him uh, for the better part of 20 years. Next year, it'll be 20 years. And he had, at one point, in 2008 and in 2012, he had Obama uh, signed in his yard. I never saw a Biden sign. But I do know he's a liberal Democrat. And David is the just the nicest guy. His lovely bride, same. Uh, their son went to school with my kids, and I'd do anything for him. That's how we, that's how everybody that I encounter, for the most part, behaves. They're not judging you based on skin color. If you see somebody who needs help, or if you just have a simple interaction, yeah, that's how you, it's, it's it is right. a it is a positive interaction, and we don't think that way. But the media drives it, the liberal Democrats drive it, because the activists require that it's in play all the time. And when you point that out to people and repeat that, how many times do you encounter this in your life? How many times with the people that live around you? Do you encounter that? I'm not saying it never happens. I'm not going to say that. But it, it doesn't. It it's doesn't. No. no it is not right. the problem the liberal Democrats no. believe. No. What you to believe that it Ra- is. Racism is not the worst problem we have in the United States. It's what it's always been. And Well, racism was a problem. But right now, it's what one thing we haven't solved in this country. We have made major inroads in solving the racism problem. We haven't made major inroads in solving the envy and jealousy problem. Right. That exists today at right. record numbers. But it's funny because, you know, when you talk about neighbors, that was a lesson my mom taught me 
you know, my brother and I early on mm-hmm. when it would, you know, bad storms would come and we'd be shoveling, we'd, you know, no snowblowers shoveling and we'd be finished and she'd say, okay, do the neighbors. Well, okay, what should we charge? Nothing. Right. We'd be done with that neighbors. Oh, yeah. Do the other, yeah. you know, the elderly neighbors next to us. Right. Then the ones next to us, okay, go across the street. Well, they've got kids. Yeah, but apparently nobody's home there. So you do that too. Yep. You do every neighbors that, that needs it right now and help them out. Well, and we were kept saying, well, what do we charge? What do we get in return? You get the satisfaction of helping out some That's right. your your neighbors, and so that was. But that was taught, you know. Yeah. That was taught. I, you know, as a, as a, as a kid, I was like, well, I want something for it. It's like, no, you uh, you help your neighbors, especially in an emergency. Is, uh, is there's when a you much help them. greater yeah. return right. on that, in my opinion, right. than any but you have, any level of but money. they have a great opportunity here on identity politics, and they mm-hmm. should be doing those lessons and repeating the lessons every time about the Democrats are the ones. It's the, the identity politics today that led to critical race theory, understand, began with criticizing and the racist comments uh, from the Democratic Party about conservative blacks. Right. Understand that identity politics, really the modern identity politics, came from racist comments towards blacks that held conservative viewpoints. That's what they need to broadcast over and over again and then relate it right to where critical race theory is today. Eight six six ninety red eye We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. The interesting thing is when I talk about the Democrat, or excuse me, the Republican Party, and how they have to uh, communicate. Uh, at times, it feels like they're really at the beginning because Republicans, to me, you and I have been talking about identity. I've been talking about identity politics now. For the, it's thirty four years this October in talk radio. I've been talking about it for almost thirty four years. We might not have used the term identity politics. Uh, I don't know what term I used back you know, 35, or excuse me, uh, 30 years ago uh, on it, but we knew it was happening. We knew that conservative blacks were being portrayed, for example, as Hakeem Jeffries did, as, quote, House Negroes, end of quote. And uh, the the fact that, uh, as as he even talked about here, uh, that uh, uh, these were uh, the uh, domestic servants who sought to emulate the white master, that's a quote from Hakeem Jeffries back then. And so you need to point out the absolute incredible racism that exists in the leadership currently of the Democratic Party and simply explain identity politics. Like I said, I think we found that the easiest way to do it, identity politics is judging people by groups and not individuals, by physical characteristics. Yeah. Should you do that? Right. The vast majority of Americans would tell you no. You judge them as individuals. Well, that's the Democratic Party that is mainstream in the Democratic Party identity politics, which is where their racism comes from. Because racism comes from uh, bigoted stereotyping. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it all comes from. Right. And and so that's what you do. And you win that argument every time. But you have to start from the beginning and you have to go back and say, look, this is where identity politics came from. Understand that identity politics attacked blacks first from the elite liberals. Mm-hmm. That's where it came from. Modern identity politics came from attacking blacks 
for not all thinking alike. If you're a conservative, then you're not thinking for yourself. Right. Somebody else is controlling mm-hmm. how you think. They have brainwashed you, but for however it is, you effectively are not in control of your own decisions. And tell me how that is not racist. Yeah. Because of your skin color, if you don't think as a group, like the group, then something is wrong with you. That is true racism. And Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So uh, the racism uh, is one thing, as we just have pointed out in the last segment, that uh, the Republicans, especially after the Hakeem Jeffries story yesterday, uh, about uh, how he referred to Colin Powell and, and Clarence Thomas way back then uh, in the racist ways. Uh, it's a, an important, uh, I think, lesson that the Republicans can teach the American public that identity politics started with racist comments towards blacks. It's very important to bring that up. Also, though, the liberal transgender activist movement is the other thing that they're fully behind. It's time to attack more than just that the science isn't their way, but as we've talked about it, talk about the sexism and misogyny of the liberal transgender activist movement and all Democrats that support them on this. And uh, I, I'm very happy to see, I think this is probably the second article in a week, where you actually have a columnist using misogyny. Mm. You, we haven't seen that before. We've been on this for, I don't know, years, mm-hmm. talking about uh, uh, this. And I just want to read this. this is from uh, Spike.com. The neo-Maoist mobbing of Riley Gaines. More people need to speak out against the unhinged misogyny of transgenderism, which mm. is such a great point. Yeah. American swimmer Riley Gaines should be commended for her bravery. Gaines is a college athlete who has raised her head uh, above to say what ought to be self-evident to anyone with a touch of reality, namely that men should not compete in women's sports. Hmm. For saying this, she was ambushed and attacked by trans activists at San Francisco University last week. On some fundamental level, every adult understands gains points. Every adult. However, the indulgent and self-immulating West is now divided into three starkly different camps on the trans question, those who agree with Gaines and are brave enough to say it so out loud, the smaller group, those who are ideologically captured, delusional, and brainwashed into magical thinking, the largest group, uh, and those in the squishy middle. The latter category consists of mostly liberal centrists who look away, make excuses to allow themselves to be cowed by the Bane mob. I understand these folks up to a point. Go along to get along and all that, but their continued silence is now tantamount to capitulation and complicity. After all, Gaines' experience is only the latest in a long line of examples of trans activism turning violent. And then goes on to talk about everything that she uh, has uh, gone through. And she said, as it turns out, you know, that night. 
But then she says, it turns out Gaines wasn't the only athlete unhappy with Thomas getting special treatment. This is Leah Thomas. In February of 2022, 16 of Thomas's female teammates sent an unsigned letter to the University of Pennsylvania stating, we have been told that if we spoke out against Thomas and the inclusion of Thomas into women's competition, that we would be removed from the team or that we would never get a job offer. We will destroy your life. Another teammate was interviewed anonymously in Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman?, she told Walsh that concerns about fairness and the locker room situation, uh, example, a person with a penis and testicles being allowed into a women's changing room, were dismissed. Thomas's teammates were accused of transphobia, and they were told to meet with school officials, psychological services, and LGBT activists. Wow. As Gaines gave her talk on women's sports... Protesters stormed the room. She was physically assaulted by someone she believes to be a trans woman, and she was in, uh, barricaded in another room for three hours. She was essentially held hostage while an angry crowd yelled and screamed on the other side of the door. In one video, protesters can be heard screaming, sore loser at her. One other, uh, another screams were, you blanking, transphobic B-word. Student news outlet uh, Golden Gates Express posted another video of the mobbing, which has now been viewed over 2 million times on Twitter. It shows an administrator attempting to talk to the crowd surrounding the room Gaines has taken refuge in. Uh, Make her lose pride, one man yells. Tell her to pay us, then she can go. Ten bucks each, adds another. Gaines was subjected to hours of this treatment before the San Francisco police finally arrived to escort her out of the building. How much more of this kind of behavior are we going to tolerate or tolerate from the trans rights activist? How much more do we need to see before we acknowledge that this movement has a problem? My first concern is for those like Gaines are standing up for women's rights, safety, and privacy in the face of virulent misogyny. Imagine a man yelling for a woman's humiliation make her lose her pride, and actually thinking that he is a defender of civil rights. I also have a second concern, and that is for the young people who are attacking women like Gaines. For years, I've been watching left-wing 20-somethings who claim to be protecting the little guy scream, destroy property, and attack anyone who slightly disagrees with them. These are not so much political activists as wannabe tyrants. Also last week, for example, a mob at the State University of New York at Albany attacked an event hosted by a conservative speaker, hurling obscenities at him and destroying a Bible in the process. The speaker was there to discuss free speech on campus. Yes, these young people are aggressors, and they should face consequences for whatever violence they commit. And yes, their authoritarianism is unhinged and terrifying. But they are also, in part, parts of the failures of the older generations, including my own. Adults have advocated their responsibility for socializing these young people in same common sense ways. Instead of these young people's incivility, threatening behavior, and neo-Maoist dogmatism has been encouraged or ignored. 
Indeed, an administrator at San Francisco State told students she was proud of those who participated peacefully in Thursday's event, that is, who participated in the mobbing of gains. It took tremendous bravery to stand up in a challenging space, she wrote in an email. After Thursday's attack, Gaines told the Daily Mail, I never once said anything remotely threatening, remotely hateful towards trans-identifying individual or anyone in the LGBT community. I have always been on the receiving end of that hate. She makes an important point. Anyone can see where the real hatred is coming from here. To pretend otherwise at this stage is to be willfully blind. I'm just glad that finally you've got writers out there talking about the misogyny, the unhinged misogyny that's going on and the hatred that comes from the uh, the trans uh, uh, left. Yeah. Uh, and the liberal the, transgender activists. And, and where is the outcry when it comes to violence against a woman here? It's silent, except for on the right. Yep. But I want to keep, you know, I'm so glad that, that she's going to continue doing it. You've got yeah. other at women athletes She's in Buffalo now. tonight. Yeah, she's in, yeah, yeah. She's in Buffalo tonight. And and uh, you have other now athletes coming out and publicly supporting her. Who are also going to be, because the thing you need to do is, you can't go quiet. Because if you go quiet, then the liberal transgender activist movement can also act in a very quiet way, and only once in a while does their insane ideology pop up. But if you're attacking them on a consistent basis and being on the offense, they have to react in some way. You want their reaction. You want the public to know how radically insane these people are. Yeah, and all you have to do is talk. All you have to do is talk. That's all you got to do. You debate. That's what you do. You free, you, free speech on campus. We'll have yeah, none of that. Yeah, they, the interesting thing is, they said we're we're not going to have a debate. Well, actually, you are having the debate. The oh, debate the, is oh, happening. The debate's happening. Yeah. People you're, like you're issuing the 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 other side is issuing a response. Yeah. It's not the response that we believe is acceptable, but it is a response. It is a response. Yes, you understand because what you get is. Uh, we should, we should be, and, and I love where in Spike they say every adult knows that male athletes should not be competing against female. Right. Everybody knows. That. Right, right. You're either intimidated right. if you, and if you don't, you're delusional. Right. You're delusional and brainwashed. Every adult knows that males should not be competing against females. Mm-hmm. Everyone, that's why we said when Megan Rapino came out and Sue Bird came out and said they support, uh, uh biological males playing against females, we said, wow cowards they just went well yeah. you know something uh we need to be in the woke portion of this if we want our income i believe we want our income to uh you know to uh if we want the possibility of having an income in the future we can't right. go against right. it right sure you can have some guts they know it's wrong you're telling me megan rapino actually believes that male athletes should be playing against female athletes i don't buy it well in her sport She's going to get, she's either going to get the credit or the blame. Because think about it. She has been the superstar of her sport in recent years. Yep. She is the face of her sport. So whichever way this goes, she either gets the blame 
as we look back on it, because of, inevitably it is going to happen. Men are going to come in and take the spots that women had on these teams. And Rapino is going to be responsible for it. People that promote it are going to be responsible for it. And then the next thing comes, you know, that you're, you know, of course, that you're transphobic, which means somehow you're scared of somebody who is transgender. You fear and something. They, yeah. Yeah, you fear something, which is the furthest from the truth. In fact, I look at the, uh, the uh, uh, transgender movement out there and people that believe that, that truly in their heart believe that they are another sex. And when you see the suicide rate, I have great compassion for them and I hope they get the help that they need. You know, and that's the thing that's really incredible is on one hand, they say, well, there's nothing wrong with these people at all. They're fine. Let them do what they want to do. And then on the other hand, no, don't question it, because if you question it, they'll commit suicide. Right. Can't have it both ways. Right. And everyone wants to ignore on the left the mental health aspects. Yep. Of all this. Yep. Just like on the homeless situation, when you look at Portland, as these drug counselors are saying, these people, we believe they actually want this. They want people to die in the streets right. because it's the only conclusion you can come to. They're, right. they're putting tents out there. So drug addicts, here's here's the needles. Here's the drugs. You, you can get the drugs. Here's here's your tent. Here's your needles. Go for it. He goes, they actually want people to die horrendous deaths on the street because there's no other conclusion to this. Right. No one's promoting and, that they change their policy to get these individuals help. Right. And and help, by the way, protect individuals who may be victims of this kind of behavior. No one's and, talking about and that. And the liberals and the Democrats that are stating, because we played Josh uh, Hawley the other day uh, from last July mm. with the professor, the Berkeley professor, when he was asking questions because she was talking about, you know, humans that can get pregnant. He goes, what do you mean by that? Women... And he said, I want to know, I don't want to know. I mean, are you saying that, uh, you know, uh, men can get pregnant? And she said, asking these questions in itself is uh, inciting violence. What are you talking about? Well, because 25% of transgenders attempt to commit suicide. He goes, by me asking the question. So the other thing is, these elite Democrats are lying. They know it's not asking questions about transgenders that are causing them to commit suicide. They're using it. They're they're using it, and they're, so they're enabling, uh, they're enabling behavior instead of attempting to help people that truly need help. Right. So they don't have compassion. This whole thing that they lack, that they have the compassion and we don't, is ridiculous. This has nothing to do with having compassion for a person who has thoughts that makes them a way over the normal population, want to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. it, it is, it's mind-boggling. It is dangerous yeah. on so many levels. And the left is proudly embracing it and is moving full force with it. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. 
named one of the best personal finance podcasts. The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right. Going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to. Be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. Uh, coming up on the uh, show, the uh, feds expect uh, a recession this year. The reason why mm, we may question. Also, the Biden EPA to propose new emission rules that could push 67% of new car sales to be EVs by 2032, even though they believe it's impossible, and we would have to rely on China completely for it. Yeah. And just the nightmare over that. Plus, the former White House stenographer, who now Mm. claims he was in the meeting between Jake Sullivan and Biden on Air Force Two, where the influence peddling with Ukraine began. Oh, it's and, getting good. And, and you look at the timeline, and uh, he want, wishes to testify before a grand jury because he believes uh. he was in on the meeting of the beginning of the influence peddling, Burisma, everything else. And you look at the timeline, you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. All coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. And I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. 86690 Red Eye. Good morning. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, the inflation numbers, what the Fed predicts is going to happen uh, for the rest of this year. Electric vehicles, uh, Anheuser-Busch, uh, a bunch uh, bunch of uh, bunch more things. This, though, is just, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I just, I go back to Obama. I just go back to Obama. I go back to Obama. I go back to Obama. Never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. Right. (laughs) He brings Hunter on this trip. Hunter, you know, the cameras, you know, Hunter leading him around. But it's the fact that he's on the the, the plane while, you know, I believe it was before they leave. The story came out about the fact that 80 times Hunter's business 
partners went to the White House to meet with Joe Biden while he was vice president. <laughs> All right, while he was vice, because wow. remember, so while he was vice president, 80, but this one was just the slam dunk where you just went. This, and when I saw this, this was really, when I first saw the 80, I said, okay, because you know I've had that gut feeling Biden isn't going to run. And I've had that since all of a sudden Newsom was making trips again. I went, why is Newsom making these trips? There's right. no reason for Newsom to make these trips unless he is seriously now considering running again. And the cognitive problems that he has, uh, not uh, Newsom, well, maybe he does. I uh, know the cognitive problems that uh, uh, Biden has right now and the fact that they won't let him speak anywhere. And any, you know, it just and and the stupid defense of, well, he's uh, unprecedented in taking shouted questions. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so insanely bad right now. But when you get to that's one thing, but that's still a, a ways away. But when you you're talking about, number one, the 80 business partners of Hunter visiting the White House. And then when this story came out yesterday, where you have Mike McCormick. Now, Mike McCormick is a former White House stenographer who now claims that he was there on the plane when Vice President Joe Biden visited Ukraine on a mission to boost Ukraine's energy industry and natural gas output after his son had joined the board of Burisma in 2014. The stenographer claims his information of where he was at that time implicates Biden in the influence-peddling kickback scheme. Mike McCormick says he was with current National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, then a Biden aide, in the press cabin of Air Force Two en route to Kiev on April 21st, 2014. As he outlined how the United States would help Ukraine build its natural gas industry, giving the a rundown of priorities for the trip, Sullivan described in a transcript as an anonymous senior administration official, said Biden would discuss with Ukrainian officials medium and long-term strategies to boost conventional gas production and also begin to take advantage of the unconventional gas reserves that are in Ukraine. As for details, the Biden aide said the U.S. was interested in providing technical assistance to help Ukraine to be able to boost production in their conventional gas fields, where presently they weren't getting the maximum of what they could be while offering technical assistance relating to a regulatory framework and also the technology that would be required to extract unconventional gas resources. And uh, Ukraine has meaningful reserves of unconventional gas, unconventional gas, excuse me, according to the latest estimates. In December of that year, amid broader Obama administration support for Ukraine, Congress approved $50 million to support the country's energy sector, including the natural gas industry. Now, on May 15th of that year, you had Burisma state that uh, Hunter had become part of the board and was making, he made a million dollars a year with, you know, no 
No experience. No experience whatsoever uh, in the natural gas industry at all. And so the question was why. That's what Trump questioned, which is why Trump was impeached the first time. Right. Well, according to, they go back, the New York Post going and looking at records here. A BuzzFeed article citing company documents said Hunter joined Burisma on April 18th of that year. Three days later, they were making the trip. And then that year, $50 million went to the energy sector, including the gas, and also the natural gas sector, uh, in order to uh, in order to help the natural gas sector of it. Uh, McCormick provided the Post screenshots of an online FBI tip submission form that he said he completed in February and sent to the FBI. He is yet to hear back. Lying to the FBI is a crime punishable by up to five years in prison. That submission if you is still lying to the FBI. If you submit and say, look, I believe I was part, I was there when the influence peddling actually began that I was actually there in the meeting when it was being proposed, and that was April 21st. And when I realized Biden, Hunter Biden went to work for Burisma on the board with nothing else there, that would have been April 18th, three days before. And on the trip, Jake Sullivan and Obama going over there only to increase the natural gas industry, which Burisma, Burisma excuse me, was a major party of it. Uh, Right now, they are three years into the investigation doing nothing, and it seems like they're stonewalling, McCormick says. I'll go under oath before anyone who needs to hear the... uh, uh, before anyone who needs to hear the truth about Joe Biden's criminal activities. I think it says, I'll go under oath so anyone who needs to hear the truth about Joe Biden's criminal activities can. He added, quote, Joe Biden committed crimes in Ukraine in a conspiracy with Jake Sullivan. I'm a witness to that happening, end of quote. They've been looking at Hunter Biden, but this ties Joe Biden and Sullivan into promoting a kickback scheme with Ukraine. It's the timeline that does it. All this from McCormick. He tells uh, uh, the Post he wants to testify before the federal grand jury in Delaware considering charges against Hunter, saying he has relevant information that the FBI has ignored. McCormick, who worked for more than a decade at the White House, told the Post this week he believes a timeline of events featuring the unmasked longtime Joe Biden aide, which is Jake Sullivan, demonstrates that the president used his prior position to help his son's foreign business interest. Joe Biden was over there telling them, you can't be corrupt, you can't be corrupt, while he was corrupt. Look, this is Air Force Two. This is Joe Biden's plane. He's in control of it. Jake Sullivan was in the front of the plane with Joe Biden in a meeting, and then he walks back in the plane to talk to the press. This is getting interesting. Why Uh, would you offer... To be under oath. Why would you offer this information? Under threat of perjury. Right. Because now he's committed. Because if you're lying. Yeah, now he's committed. And if you lie under oath, it's not going to be good for you. 
Four days before Sullivan brief reporters, uh, the Burisma paymaster emailed Hunter's business associate, Devin Archer, already on the board, that he recognized Hunter Biden could both be an asset and a liability. Mm-hmm. As to HB, I do believe that we have to reach a reasonable balance here. I realize fully that his role is of long-term perspective and taking into account the political weight of our directors. We have to use their personality carefully and strategically wise. I do realize their vulnerability in this respect. Therefore, I kindly suggest to indeed now or after his father left our country, just put him on our website without going public. Ooh! Ooh! Oh. And then after we meet in May, we agree on a joint plan to move forward accordingly with media campaign or without it, just concentrating on informal talks with relevant interest parties. In some sense, we cannot hide our directors. Wow. Well, the whole idea of having Hunter Biden is the access, but the access to what? The point being is that this is super high-profile individual. You were never going to hide it. No. Not forever. Uh, As James Comer said, uh, Hunter Biden had no credentials to sit on the board of a Ukrainian energy company other than that his last name was Biden, said Oversight Committee uh, Chairman James Comer, who was leading the congressional inquiry into Joe Biden's role in his relatives' foreign business ventures. Quote, the fact that then-Vice President Joe Biden pushed natural gas production in Ukraine days after his son was appointed to the board of Burisma reeks of corruption, Comer told The Post. And now you've got somebody who was in the meeting with Jake Sullivan and the vice president on the plane where that's where they were going. And then later on, $50 million, that's, you know, the, to help the you know, energy, gas energy companies, which Burisma was one of the major outputs of natural gas that right there in the public's mind. Forget about whether you get a criminal charge on it. It's the politics that's the damning part of it up front. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the politics yeah, of it. Right. Because Americans are against influence peddling even if they believe it's legal. They don't believe you should enrich yourself. But in this case, when you take the money from the Chinese, the Russians, the Ukrainians, because now we're just, this is just Ukraine. We're not even to China yet or Russia. And here's the other thing, too. Uh, the the populist, I don't care if they're populist left, populist center, populist right. If you were to take a poll, they would tell you, we believe it should be illegal. And the reason that that's damning is that it is it carries so much damage politically. The, and and, yeah. and and you're not going to win that. You're not going to turn that around and 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 make, you know, liberal media recently. Well, look at Trump and his name. His name's been on the side of buildings for decades. And those are legitimate businesses. The FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware did not respond to comments, oh. requests for comments. Sullivan's office did not dispute McCormick's claim oh. that he was the unnamed senior administration official who briefed reporters on the flight to Kiev. A spokesperson for Sullivan referred the post to another White House spokesperson who did not immediately respond to requests for comments. Attorneys for Hunter Biden also did not respond to inquiries.
So there you go. Says the uh, president is not reportedly not a focus of the wide-ranging probe into the first son in, in this particular investigation, though at least one witness before the Delaware grand jury was asked about the identity of the big guy described in May of 2017 email as due a 10% cut in the Chinese energy venture. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware reportedly investigating Hunter Biden for possible tax fraud, illegal foreign lobbying, lobbying, money laundering, and lying about his drug use on a federal gun purchase form. So uh, Hunter Biden last year paid about $2 million in back taxes in a bid to avoid prosecution, though doing so does not legally absolve him of the original nonpayment, which, of course, it does not. Remember, right. he got a friend to pay it for him. Remember mm-hmm. that, that guy who paid it for him? Right. So fascinating here. And, uh, and and as we've said all the time, I care less about Hunter Biden. If he broke the law, go after him. But the concern of most Americans is uh, uh, is the the, pre- the president and his role when he was vice president. And the, the and is the president compromised? Yeah, I mean, uh, pre- yeah, exactly. Because this the, is just this is just Ukraine. We haven't got to China or anything yet. Right. Is, because there was this had gone on for so long. There were so many business ventures that Hunter Biden was involved in that enriched the Biden family overall. Mm-hmm. This thing's going to blow up, right? And and that's the thing that Biden takes. Hunter on this trip with him. Yeah. Where he's all over the place. You're just like, what do you, it's just, it's just well, mind-boggling. Sometimes you got to take the elephant out of the living room. <laughs> you take it with you. What when you room go to, is the I, elephant what, is? If you're in Northern Ireland, don't leave your elephant in the living room at home. Bring it on the road with you. Wow. Joe Biden, everybody. Well, Cormick says he suspects Hunter and Joe Biden met before then the the vice president's trip uh, and may have discussed Burisma. Then the second son emailed Archer on a lengthy analysis of developments in Ukraine on April 12th, stoking suspicions about whether he somehow gained access to privileged official assessments. Mm -hmm. The grand jury is an investigative tool so they can go to the Secret Service. They can subpoena the Secret Service and say, we want to see where Joe Biden was on the 12th. We want to see where Hunter was on the 12th, McCormick said. The former stenographer, who also uh, is a book and substack author, openly acknowledges he supports the 2024 candidacy of former President Donald Trump. He also speculates that Hunter Biden may be linked to classified documents that were recovered last year at the president's Wilmington, Delaware home. Still, it's interesting because it doesn't matter who supports Trump. He was in that meeting. Yeah. And and is he, let's put it this way, is he willing to face perjury charges just because he supports Trump? Right. Or right. lying to the FBI, not perjury. Right. Lying to the FBI charges. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. Which they would go after him. Mm-hmm. The administration would go after him if he was lying. Right. 86690-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Drivers should be familiar with how their actions affect their motor carrier's compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA score, in the seven basic categories. The driver fitness score is based on the physical and medical qualifications of drivers. The vehicle maintenance category requires drivers to know how to inspect CMVs and secure cargo. Hours of service compliance relies on drivers keeping accurate records of duty and abiding by hours of service limits. 
The unsafe driving category is affected by unsafe driving behaviors such as failing to wear a seatbelt or obey traffic laws. Drivers should understand the drug and alcohol prohibitions to prevent hurting their carrier's controlled substances and alcohol basic score. And drivers who transport hazmat must know how to safely transport hazardous materials according to the regulations. The final basic category, crash prevention, is based on how many crashes a motor carrier has been involved in, so drivers must know how to drive safely to avoid crashes. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. And also, one more thing about this McCormick. He also speculates that Hunter Biden may be linked to classified documents that were recovered last year at the president's Wilmington, Delaware home. We had talked about that before. And that James Comer is on that uh, is on that track, that there is a document that they believe Hunter Biden may have used in his business activities. Right. Because some of that information apparently has shown up in other places, and it was top secret. But he speculates that Hunter Biden may be linked to classified documents that were recovered last year at the president's home. Quote, that may feed into the document storage because if he, if Hunter was at his dad's house where these documents were found on the day he wrote this email, that's a pretty serious part of an investigation that puts Joe in the middle of hand, uh, handing off these documents to his son, for illegal use, end of quote, McCormick said. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I know. We knew it wasn't yeah. over. <laughs> it's not over, no. It's a... Two hosts in America that know specifically which room the elephant is in. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. You know, it's uh, it's really interesting because uh, when you talk about possible influence peddling, I did see it was on social media something. Uh, I mean, it was really rehashing an old story that I saw that was like, yeah, but uh, Trump, the the, the the Saudis when he had his hotel while he was president uh, got rooms uh, in his uh, in his hotel or last November where uh, the you know that uh, Trump and uh, Kushner the deal that they did to market and be able to use at at Saudi golf complexes Trump's name right. and and therefore there's possible influence peddling there and the problem with that is Trump offers a legitimate service. They can make the argument, and all know, when people stay at our hotel, we don't refuse anyone from staying in our hotel. Mm-hmm. And they paid the rate that people pay in order to get a hotel room. There were like six different countries 
that, uh, you know, when Trump was president that, you know, used the hotel. But there was a service provided. And no one could find where, for example, the Saudis were paying or whoever, whatever countries, you know, had uh, had gotten rooms were paying a 100 times more. And therefore, you know, something looked fishy there because they weren't right. paying the regular, you know, hotel room rate. Right. But there's a service that is offered. And mm-hmm. you heard the argument, well, and this didn't go too far. Well, Trump uses his name to make money. Why can't the Bidens use their name to make money? Because Trumps actually have a business. Yeah. <laughs> There's a business. Right. And that's the problem here. And for the most part, uh, from what I've seen, Trump, you know, they'll explain, well, this is what we're doing. This is the this is the business that we're involved in. That's what we're doing. Yeah, but that could be influence peddling because they're giving you their business when they might have given it to someone else. Yeah, but you don't know that. You're just taking a guess. But there's a legit service. Problem with Biden is there is no service. There is no business that they're in. Having the name is not a business. No, getting paid unbelievable amounts of money because of your last name. Simply because of your last name. Right. They could the number the big number one biggest problem is uh, well, there's a couple of problems. First off, that uh, you've got people that are willing, uh, Hunter's Business Associates, to say, no, Joe got money. So you've got that already. Mm-hmm. You have this uh, McCormick, the former White House stenographer, uh, who was there with Jake Sullivan on the plane and says, look, this was the this was the I witnessed the crime. I witnessed the influence peddling crime. If you look at the timeline, uh, they they actually they hired uh, uh, Hunter on uh, whatever it was, April 15th or whatever it was, April 18th. On April twenty first, that's when Joe was heading over there to do business with them. The end of the year, they got fifty, you know, fifty million dollars, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically uh, to the Ukraine for their energy business, which was for natural gas or whatever. But this was the beginning of it, and the timeline is what in, indicts them, as well as other things. Uh, but when you all, all you would have to do to straighten this up, because they're saying it was all legit, then fine. The Biden family, I would have cleared this up immediately. I would have cleared this up years ago, right? Put everything out there. Right. Here's here's what here is the service that we offered. Yep. Here's how I, it went down. Right. I got paid by Burisma for this. Mm-hmm. Instead, what did you hear from Joe Biden? I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And everybody knows now that's a lie. Everyone knows. Why would you even say that? Why, why would you lie and continue to lie that you mm-hmm. knew nothing about your son's business activities? And like I said, not the, the information was damning before. But now you had, in two days, you had two major bombshells that 80 times Hunter's business associates uh, visited Joe Biden in the White House. That's 10 times a year on the average. Yeah. For that eight years he was vice president. Yep. And be interesting to look at the timeline, see if it was encapsulated in like two or three years, where right, it was like right. even more. Yeah, because if no, it's eighty right, over, right. yeah, yeah, but eighty different times. That's tough. You know, that's a tough lie to get out of. It's a very tough lie. 
But all they have to do is explain it. Look, here's what was going on. Here's what we were offering the Chinese energy companies. Here's what we were offering the Ukrainian energy companies. Mm-hmm. Here's what we were offering the oligarchs in, in, in Russia. Here's what our business model is. You'd want, the lawyers would want you to clear it up right away. Look, you can clear this up. This is totally legit. The fact right. that they've never spoken on it and truly said, look, this is what we were doing. That's a problem with the public. It is. And I've never seen where... Hunter Biden is called on by, I don't know, certainly you would be called on by individuals doing interviews, right? I mean, if you are a an energy expert. Yeah. <laughs> He's world-renowned. Everybody knows it. You can look into a number of things on the, on the Trump side. And by the way, we welcome that too. Go ahead. Kushner. All right. But was it was it established going in to the Trump presidency? Yeah, yeah. They, they Trump's a, name yeah. was on buildings all over the world, right? Right. And and Kushner and his career got off the ground years. In fact, you can clearly make the case. In fact, that both of them, I'd say, Jared Kushner and Donald Trump knew there was great great risk at uh, losing a considerable amount of your wealth just as a result of Donald Trump becoming president. So all of that that he had, tell me what, what the motivation would be to all of a sudden become a public servant. He could sit and, and he did toy with the idea of being president and make lots of money and the liberals and pretty much the world loved him until he decided to run. And then, of course, after he became president, he's the enemy and you've got half of the world that hates you. Well, tell me how that is, I'm sorry, supposed to be beneficial? Well, when your daddy is vice president, and you have zero experience, and all of a sudden you're getting tons and tons of money based on the fact that your daddy is vice president. Now you've got my attention. Vastly different scenarios. And we'll see if they find any criminal wrongdoing. But politically, You don't survive something like this long term. You just don't. If the things about Hunter come out and who knows what by the time the end of the summer happens. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a long summer. Yeah. And and I and I do think that uh, we didn't bring it up yesterday because we were bringing up all the other problems. But I do think that uh, in the the cognitive problems, they believe that the family believes and other Democrats believe that Biden is having, which is why they can't have him out there. Uh, answering any questions. And now with everything over the last couple of days, they can't have them out there answering any questions with all these things with their bombshells that are coming up. I really, my gut says that uh, that's why Newsom's out there, that uh, it's <laughs> somehow he, he believes it's the go ahead to run for president of the United States because there's going to be no problem with the Democratic, the left will scream for a while, but they're going to end up voting. Uh, you know, they're going to end up voting uh, in, in a general election 
uh, for Newsom. And uh, if Kamala Harris gets rolled over, so be it. They don't get, they, again, they just, they, they claim they care about, you know, minorities and women until it affects a win. Right. And then they'll go with right. the person oh, they believe yeah. will get them the win. Yeah. Do what you have to do. Yeah. That's their model. And so I, I really think that that's why, that's what's going on. And in my, in my gut, especially after everything that, that, what, that came out the day before and then yesterday on possible corruption and that on top of everything else, because now there's a focus, there's a huge focus at Biden. It's greater than ever before. It's not like people have gotten used to it. All of a sudden it's risen back up to the top. Why won't he answer questions? And now all this other stuff comes up since he mm. hasn't been answering questions on possible corruption and it's bad. And so I really yeah. think you've got Democrats and you'll know when the mainstream media starts covering the corruption. Yeah. You'll know at this point right. they believe he's done. Now we can go after him because he's no longer useful to us. And I think that's only a matter of time. I could be wrong, yeah. but I think it's going to be sooner than later. And by the way, then this would show that not only Russia collusion was a frame up of Trump by the Hillary campaign, mm-hmm. but the whole first impeachment. Oh, you yeah. then have to ask that question was a whole impeachment on Ukraine based on the fact that someone in the inside knew that Biden's were dirty. So right. let's go after Trump. Right. Because now, if this is true, this completely, uh, uh, you know, invalidates the first impeachment completely. Right. I mean, it was, we thought it was wrong to begin with. We didn't think there was enough to impeach at all on it, but this invalidates the intent what and reasoning state, of the yeah, Democrats. They right, stated as the right, reason. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. News came out yesterday that the first Republican primary uh debate is gonna be in August on Fox News. And and I thought to myself, man, what does it look like between now and August? That's why I said earlier. It's one thing to think of what might be the case with the economy and all the issues on the table between now and November of next year. But forget that. Between now and the end of the summer and on the Hunter yeah. Biden thing, there's no telling how much we'll learn about that between now I know. and August. And by the way, Tim Scott is in because I read yesterday because, well, no, it's just an exploratory committee. And someone pointed out, tell us the last candidate that put in a exploratory committee who didn't run. <laughs> yeah right so it's like tim scott is in yeah which i really didn't see that coming i didn't you know i knew there was a possibility but i just didn't think the talk this had been is, out there but, yeah i just didn't yeah. think this would be the time he would enter but you know yeah as i as i uh, read the other day i can't remember where i read it, it said you really don't ever do any damage to yourself by running and being on that stage if you if, if you're now now we're not talking kamala harris or Uh, Democrats, but if you're somebody who is reasonable on the issues, even if you don't win, you never lose because it's the greatest publicity you can get that helps your career. Yeah. And I went, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so I don't think Tim Scott hurts himself in any way. No. But they they did, I did read, saw the headline that said, they asked Tim Scott how he planned to run against Trump, because that's what the right, question yeah, is. Sure. And uh, he sidestepped the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. Well, 
we'll see what the debate looks like in August. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. Dan Trent, I'm Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. I'm telling you, just reading some of the uh, Babylon Bee headlines. There was one the other day that my buddy posted that I went, well, that's actually true. I forgot what it was. Uh, but it was something. Go, no, that's actually true. There, many, there, many of them yeah. Babylon Bee are. And they actually did yeah. something of like 100-something stories that they put out that ended up eventually being true oh i saw that remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was but uh, <laughs> some of these headlines riley Gaines arrested for making trans activists assault her <laughs> yeah. i'm a victim yells trans activist while punching woman in the face uh wow. Pen- wow pentagon secures against future intelligence leaks by installing ring doorbell <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite one mm. and it's a picture of clarence thomas yeah. Democrats accuse black man of going on vacation. Oh, 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 oh my gosh. Perfect. I love that. And they're not laying off of that, by the way. I saw another article uh, from the liberal media. That's not going anywhere. And, the, and it's not going to go anywhere. It just isn't. But uh, they can't stop. Um, it's it's what they do. They're not getting any talking points from the Biden administration. So I guess you stay on that for a while. But... And- Wow. And, yeah. by, and by the way, just so people know that they are a Christian parody site. I yeah. Mean, I mean, are. not that they parody Christians. I mean, they're, they're sometimes they have some jokes about like Christians. they do like yeah. right here. Yeah. You ready for this one? All right. <laughs> Family arriving for Easter service surprised how different the church looks without the Christmas decorations. <laughs> That is so great. I know it was just perfect. <laughs> no, you could you could uh, there, there, you could work that a diff- a couple of different ways. That one is just funny all day long. Uh, uh, you could, it could also be family surprised on Easter Sunday how much the church has changed in one year. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> implying right. that you know they only go people only go to and, and church fi- on Easter. And, and finally, because you saw London Breed, the San Francisco mayor, was out speaking the other day about yeah. how crime isn't that bad. Yeah. San Francisco mayor happily reports less human poop on city streets due to food shortages. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So, what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real?" <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. 
The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 